0: For his tight end, brought in by Mark Andrews, who escapes and goes all the way for the touchdown. Intercepted, picked up by Thomas Earl Thomas with a foot race. Brown won't get him. That will be six. Looking a little options Jackson keeps. Jackson gets tackled. He's right to the pylon, and it's a touchdown.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Like. A Raven. After taking a week off last week, we are back to talk about the NFL, the Ravens, and a little bit of Ravens trivia toward the end of the episode. I'm Antonio Barbera. Excited to be back. Joined uh, first on the East Coast, remotely, as always, Tim Horsey. Tim, how are you?
3: I'm good, my friend. Uh, it's been it's been a it's been a wild week to to put it
2: very very lightly, but uh, I'm doing okay. And on the West Coast. Jace Evans. Jace, how are you doing, man?
4: Doing well. Uh, like Tim said, very uh, some busy times, uh, especially uh, probably since sports ended, I would say the busiest week of work I've had uh, in the last two months. Um, and uh, But excited to uh, get back on the horn with you all. It feels like it's been a very long time given everything that's happened uh, in between that and now. So, uh, yeah, just excited to um, get chatting with you guys again. So we do
2: want to obviously talk about the the protests that, that have been going on in the last week. We don't want to spend too, too much time on it just because, frankly, I don't think we're really the, the best people to, to talk about it, the experts. Like, please go out and, and read up on this and, and learn how you can help. But we want to address it a little bit. We took last week off specifically because we thought it was sort of time, a good time to sort of step away um, and give space to, to other voices to speak on issues that were certainly more important than Ravens football. So so we wanted to do that um, quickly. Um, you know, I'm going to get your guys just thoughts here, but just as a sort of a quick summary, just in the last couple weeks um, with the, the, the murder of George Floyd in late May, combined with the... Uh, Ahmad Arbery shooting in February, the Breonna Taylor shooting by police in March uh, and certainly many other instances sort of collectively have led to just frustration, anger and, and protests, which started in Minneapolis, Minnesota, then moved very quickly to other cities in the country and has spread even to other countries in the world um, with people protesting police brutality toward people of color Uh, and just racism that is frankly prevalent in in all aspects of society in in the country that need to be addressed. Um, From an NFL standpoint, a lot of players sort of got involved with these protests very early on. Uh, Coaches got involved. um, And at a certain point, a a video from a collection of players uh, basically was sent to the NFL with sort of a list of of changes and how they wanted the NFL to respond. So I'm going to turn to you guys because Goodell did respond, which I think was su- surprising. I mean, for now it's just words, so like let's see where it goes from there. But um, just want to get your, your guys' thoughts on, on the last week as it relates to the NFL with Goodell. Um, and if you have thoughts with Drew Brees, certainly getting involved with uh, first sort of saying some of the wrong things in terms of still sort of thinking that uh, – you know, protesting and and, and kneeling in, in the face of of wanting to protest something is just a uh, an insult to to the flag and therefore an insult to the, to American troops and all that. And he sort of walked that back a few days later. So, um, without me just sort of ranting and, and talking on this for too long, I want to get your your two guys' thoughts on uh, on on this past week.
3: Yeah, I would say. The theme of a lot of this stuff, especially purely from an NFL angle, and then you can spread that out to the worldview, is that unfortunately it took even more tragic events to kind of open everyone's eyes, it seems like, or God willing, the vast majority at this point. Um, And, you know, we won't dive too deeply into that. But, you know, you take the Drew Brees example, and he completely screwed up in in his first statement saying this is all about the flag and things and it was it was a dated mindset is is exactly what it was and i think the biggest thing that we can take from a lot of these things is that it's nice to see that people are learning that you know the, the black lives matter movement is not just about only black lives matter it's that they actually matter as well as the rest of people's lives and i think people were having this problem kind of separating the two. Um, and, and the like I, I will, I will openly admit here that the Colin Kaepernick stuff at first, when, when, when he started doing it back in, I, and I honestly, I can't remember the year. Was it uh, 2015, 2016? Yes. I, I admittedly at that time thought, I don't know why he's kneeling and disrespecting the flag like that. And kind of having these Drew Brees thoughts, but my eyes have been opened a bit um to all of this stuff and i think that what you've seen the statements that have happened that video that you mentioned that was actually an nfl video producer quote said i'm gonna go rogue on this one and contact these players and help build this this message for them because people understand that it's it's no longer they understand what the meaning the the protests and the message is about now one and two if they didn't before And two, it's kind of about everybody has to spread this message now. You can't be silent about this anymore. Like in whatever way, in whatever way, either you're getting yourself more educated, you're having these difficult conversations with people, you're out protesting, you're um, you're spreading the word on social media. However you do it, being silent and trying to ignore these things is something that can no longer happen in today's day and age. And. I think the overall message from all the stuff we saw from the NFL and particularly the Roger Goodell stuff and the Drew Brees you know, flip-flop is that people are starting to learn from their past worldviews and learning that that has to change. Now, I think you almost have to take the cynical point of view out of it because any cynic – and I, I joke on this program that I'm the ultimate pessimist on a lot of things – you can sit there and say, oh, well – Goodell only responded because that player video came out. And you can say, oh, Drew, Drew Brees only turned turned it around because he got absolutely roasted um, for his first statement, and rightly so. But the fact of the matter is that they came out and made said statements, and that they need to be commended for that part of it, for learning, and you want to take them at their word that they are actively trying to help black Americans who have struggled in this country for so long. Um, the only thing, the only little thing I will say to this and kind of bringing it back into it. And again, we don't have to dive super deep is that I thought it was a, a missed opportunity for Goodell to not point out Colin Kaepernick and say, we were explicitly wrong about this. If you listen to the Twitter video and I did just before we started recording this, he does admit fault. And he says that we were wrong to, you know, discipline players or tell them they can't kneel during the anthem, what have you but never mentioning the man who kind of revolutionized that whole thing and who started that whole movement that we all, you know, or I won't say we all, but myself criticized it first, but now completely understand why it was done. And I think that that was for, for as much as the whole they have learned from their past mistakes and worldview and they've developed and you like to see that and, and long may it continue. I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity
0: there.
4: Yeah. I, I wasn't stunned, Kaepernick's name didn't come up in that because I think there could be, you know, the cynical view, legal ramifications for doing so to basically be like, if you admit on a video that we basically blackballed you out of the league, they probably owe him money. Um, I would guess legally. But uh, I was, I will say, I was stunned that there was a Goodell video at all. I think to your point, uh, this is certainly obviously the most, I think, you know, collective human action i've seen uh, in for any cause for anything in my life i would think um uh certainly uh, in terms of like protesting or rallying and that kind of stuff um and that extends to like you said nfl players it's i think in uh athletes in general because even hockey players have had like you know notoriously anti-stances on anything have talked more about this than anything i can remember but uh the n f l has gotten especially involved it seems like you had members of the Broncos at a march in denver um the Jaguars did a march from their uh facility to um the Jacksonville sheriff's office just a number of uh uh players and so I think it it's obviously it's like reflective of society right these players getting involved and that video they released was very i mean it's one of the more powerful things I think and they've done ever and you know, you could say maybe Goodell was forced to say something, but the fact that he did it all, to your point, is just such... And what he said, too, I uh, I pulled up some of the specific quotes. Uh, he said, We are listening. I am listening. Uh, I personally protest with you. I want to be part of a much-needed change in this country. And uh, And he also had said... Uh, in echoing what the kind of player's uh, call was. Uh, we, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier, Encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. To what you said, Tim, that's just such a drastic departure from what we saw in 2016 and 2017, you know, when you had owners like Bob McNair, uh, the late Texans owner, who <laughs> at a meeting said that they were like inmates running the asylum and stuff like that. It's it's just so, and that was only three years ago. Um, and to see where the NFL is today, like you said, you probably would be in a perfect world. They brought Kaepernick up, but just for Goodell to say anything along those lines at all is just such a stark departure from what we just saw just a few years ago. So I, I, I think that's encouraging as like, you know, society and stuff, how fast I think things have moved in some ways, um, in that regard, uh. So obviously there's a lot to play out. We'll, uh, uh, it'll remain to be seen what that means. Uh, what Goodell's comments, a lot of people have obviously interpreted that as sort of his blessing of sorts to, um, just if players want to protest during the national anthem this fall, it's kind of the NFL's blessing too, has been perceived what some, including by the president last night. Uh, so it remains to be seen what all will, how this will continue to play out. Um, but I, I was impressed uh, that the NFL answered in any way, and I think you have to be encouraged by that just based on the entire rest of the history of the NFL in uh,
2: responding to stuff like this. It's certainly, I think, easier for the NFL to respond to this stuff in June when they know that they really won't be on uh, a big scale for at least a few months um We'll see what, you know, we'll see what the sort of the concrete steps that they, that they end up taking. We'll see Goodell is sort of known as a commissioner who's appreciated first and foremost by the owners. And as the season starts and as players protest, not all the owners are going to agree with that. So it's going to be sort of interesting to see what the dynamic is between Goodell and these varying factions of, of NFL owners that, that have different opinions in terms of how this stuff should be handled. Um, a quick from the Ravens perspective, Jace, I know you noted, uh, that Steve Bashotti has made a, a, pretty quickly made a, a sizable donation in, for, for this cause.
4: Yeah. So, um, Bishotti released a statement uh, a few days back now on uh, June 1st. Um, and, uh, in it, they um, pledged via uh, the um, Bishotti, uh, Stephen and Renee Bashati Foundation uh, $1 million um, to local Baltimore uh, causes, um, to uh, uh, programs that will directly benefit kind of social injustice, so, uh, support social justice reform, uh, is what they said. Uh, and I think what's cool is they're uh, a um, committee of current and former players uh is who he's kind of they've put in charge to choose the programs that they donate to in the Baltimore area so I think that's cool because you know you have a lot of these players are plugged in and doing stuff pretty much constantly I think sometimes in the you know to bring to cynicism again I don't think we focus on all the stuff guys are doing all the time uh before all this was happening, obviously. But uh, I think it's cool that he's kind of putting his trust and faith in the players to hey, what do you think will help the most? And just turning the money uh, over to them. Um, aside from that, hasn't been a ton of statements really from a lot of members of the Ravens. Or uh, Calais Campbell's been pretty outspoken newcoming Raven, but uh, um, it was still nice to see uh, this from Steve Bichotti. Um It's obviously a million dollars is a lot of money, uh, so it uh, should help uh, and I think that's a, a big step, and, you know, anything anything these owners can do, uh, I think, to help is a good thing, because you think of how much money they've taken over the, the years from the community, so to give back in any way, I think, is always a big uh in, important thing.
2: All right, so uh, in the long term, we'll see what happens with the NFL as we get closer to September. In the short term, guys, support your, your friends your you know, friends who are people of color maybe family that you have co-workers um, get out there protest injustice that, that you that you see that you think is happening um, and donate to, to a lot this, I'm sure all of the listeners have, have seen their links are everywhere on social media of how you can support um, different groups or, or different communities throughout the country in terms of financially or, or with your time so, so please do that um, and we're going to turn turn now to uh, to some Raven news. Quiet week in terms of sort of you know regular day to day NFL news, but um, one of the sort of biggest things really, if just a couple of quick points here, was uh, Coach John Harbaugh and the staff back at the uh, Ravens facility, uh, I believe this week um, for the first time since. March as as coronavirus restrictions are eased um good to see uh you know some some regular football stuff starting to to come back from from post I don't want to say post coronavirus world because we're certainly not through it but (laughs) getting through it and and sort of a, a slow return to normalcy um another of the of the bigger Ravens news is uh Matthew Judon officially signing his franchise tender for for 2021 Jace do you have the uh the the numbers on that, or, or any more information on that? Um, I, I can pull it up right now. The
4: thing I find fascinating with Judon is this. I seemingly he is locked in, uh, for uh, the season. I do not see them tra- I know we've talked about, uh, uh, you know, them possibly trading him. But I don't see that happening um, after he signs this. Uh, I think they've committed to uh, this. Um, but... Uh,
3: yeah, Jace, real quickly, I got the number here. Okay. It, it says that he... And this is coming from the Baltimore Sun. It says that his tag, it's actually kind of a tweener tag, where it falls in between the pure pass rusher and <laughs> linebacker um, you know, denominations there in terms of the franchise tag, which not the best outcome for him, but certainly better than just being a linebacker. He's going to make $16.8 million this year. um, So a heavy hit on, on the Ravens cap, but obviously we kind of all knew that was coming. Um, And then just personally, and I can throw it back to you here. A guy who's got to play for another paycheck (laughs) in terms of the Ravens is a very good thing because you hope that, you know, and he seems to kind of be the, a guy that, will be motivated by this and not completely um, you know, beaten down by it or, or distracted by it, the fact that he hasn't gotten his long term deal here. So look, another season like he had last year, and he's gonna get paid. Probably not in Baltimore, but he's gonna get paid. <laughs> yeah, I the long term prospect's still shaky, but to your point, the Ravens did actually make out so
4: while I fumbled to find the actual number, I did see that he is uh, slated to make about three million less than he possibly could have if he was designated slightly different. Uh so, you know, that's a benefit to the Ravens. He is getting paid a lot, but as we've said, he and you do bring in Clays Campbell, you bring in Derek Wolf, but he is still their highest returning sack uh, producer by an astronomical margin <laughs> compared to everyone else on the team. Uh, so, you know, pass rush is a premium position in this league, and you're going to have to pay a ton of money for good pass rushers. Uh, and that is the debate about Matthew Judon. How good of a pass rusher is he? <laughs> Who knows, but, um, he, uh, he's definitely valuable to the 2020 Ravens, so it can't hurt at all to bring him back.
2: This week in random workout videos of Ravens at their homes, we want to talk just quickly Lamar Jackson back at it, uh, with some more players, more and more guys sort of trickling into the like park workouts that that he's been doing and, and throwing the ball around to various receivers. Want to just get a quick, uh, quick minute or two on you guys? Thinking of, um, does this guarantee that the Ravens are going to have the most team chemistry of NFL teams start, starting the season? Uh, it's Lamar Jackson was there. Trace McSorley was also there. Like sort of a name I would not have expected to see. Just like I don't n- normally hear of the backup quarterback going to work out with the starting quarterback, and this is a third string <laughs> guy. So uh, some receivers were down there. It's just sort of good to see. Ravens players trying to make sure that they you know keep practicing and, and, and stay in sync when there's not a lot of stuff you can do uh, right now with the, with the coronavirus. So just your guys' thoughts on uh, the latest workout vid?
3: Yeah, just quickly. The only thing I really have is, and we talked about it two weeks ago, but well, one, James Prochet I think, was spotted, which was cool to see a rookie down there uh, catching some balls as well. But I think the other thing that, um, that we talked about before. But it's something that – it's nice to see this from a quarterback. Now, take out all the coronavirus regulations and things, whatever it is. That's probably not the best thing. But the fact that he is training with people, we never really saw that from Joe Flacco. So I think it's great to see for the Ravens.
4: Yeah, and um, there's been a theory going around in NFL circles that the teams that are, you know, that are changing the least seem to, I think, have – the most benefit going into this sort of strange NFL season <laughs> um, with all the coronavirus delays. So um, in addition to all they're bringing back for Lamar to be working with some of these new guys and to just further uh, their connection on top of just kind of returning, uh, you know, as much as they are pretty much this exact same team for the most part. Uh, minus Marshall Yanda. uh to just have that chemistry cohesion going into this year, I think will be a big benefit. And if they're working to even enhance that, I think I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm very excited for the 2020 season. I will say (laughs) from a Ravens perspective,
2: the last sort of NFL specific uh, note from this week is that ESPN. uh, Was it today? Was it Monday? Yeah. So today, which is Monday we record on a Monday published a sort of uh, NFL redraft of all current players in the NFL, sort of giving all NFL teams a complete redo uh, of their rosters. And I want to go over a couple of names that specifically uh, are Ravens related, who in this sort of uh, exercise from the ESPN NFL Nation reporters put a few Ravens in other uniforms, and I didn't enjoy seeing it at all, Uh, but just want to get your, your quick thoughts this is only, so this is current NFL players using the same draft order as what we saw uh, just a few months ago in April. So, for example, the Cincinnati Bengals drafted first uh, and took Patrick Mahomes, one overall, not really the most surprising thing. Then the Washington Redskins taking Russell Wilson at two, and then at three, the Detroit Lions taking Lamar Jackson. And seeing him in that light blue Lions uniform was just really disturbing to me. <laughs> Ronnie Stanley ends up going sixth to the Los Angeles Chargers. I am getting more and more nervous that we're not going to sign him to an extension because I feel like he is getting so much positive press uh, in the <laughs> last few months, and I don't like any of it because he's getting more and more notice that he should be maybe the highest paid non-quarterback in the league, and I it's just, I feel like Steve Bashotti probably gets a gray hair every time Ronnie Stanley's <laughs> name comes up in the national news, so... Just want to get your guys' thoughts on this ESPN redraft, Lamar going third as opposed to maybe second, Uh, and then with Ronnie Stanley going sixth overall.
3: I think in this situation, Matt Patricia would be too dumb to actually build an offense around Lamar, and it would ruin his career because that's what has helped him so much, as we've talked about over and over again. Uh, A couple other notes, Matt Judon went in late third round, and Justin Tucker, there's only four rounds of this thing, but Justin Tucker, the only kicker, he went early fourth round uh, to the Green Bay Packers, two picks before the Ravens selected Stephon Diggs, and if you just want to know the Ravens class, again, they only did four rounds of this, Um, Matthew Stafford is our quarterback now. In this hypothetical world, which I'm not super happy about, they use the Ravens draft or they use the draft order and then kind of snake draft it for rounds two and four. So Matt Stafford, Julio Jones and Stefan Diggs, not bad. And then J.J. Watt, who I mean, if he could stay healthy would be great, but that's not really a good thing. So (laughs) overall, the Ravens depreciate in talent from this draft when you're the most talented team in the NFL. That is going to happen. The only other thing I want to note, and it's a non Ravens thing here. Russell Hustle and Bustle Wilson going over Lamar, I think, is kind of a stretch, especially when you're trying to build a team for the future, and Lamar is younger than the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. (laughs) Drew Locke went 15 to Denver, so I'm sure there's no Homerism in that pick. (laughs) Here's some of the other quarterbacks that went after Drew Locke. Matt Ryan, 16 to, weirdly enough, Atlanta. Kyler Murray, who people are starting to compare to Lamar Jackson. Teddy Bridgewater, who I think is actually – A way better option than Drew Locke. If he stays healthy, he showed that he can perform at a decently high level. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl last year. I know (laughs) the team was stacked around it, but still. Baker Mayfield, no argument there. That's hilarious. Um, (laughs) Sam Darnold went to the New England Patriots, which you know he'd be a superstar there. Ryan Tannehill, who you know what happened with him. He went after Drew Locke. All these guys went after Drew Locke at 15, which makes – of Tagovailoa, which maybe you don't know about his health, so I understand that. But I think that's a steal for the Green Bay Packers at 30. And, <laughs> man, we really have nothing to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> Drew Locke going 15 above all those other names at quarterback. I understand that, you know, the, the, the youth of him and the quarterback position being so valuable. But over guys like Kyler Murray? That was one, that's just, the one that I don't. Kyler Murray won Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Like,
4: he was the number one overall pick, won Offensive Rookie of the Year with, like, a pretty good season. And then, like, everyone's, like, in this scenario was like, I think Drew Locke's better than that guy. (laughs) Like, I I don't see it, man. I think Drew Locke could have a good career, but Kyler had a pretty impressive season, all things considered. I mean, that's not, like, a perfect team, but they did some things. They won a few games, and, you know, he won Offensive Rookie of the Year. So, (laughs) I don't know what else he was supposed to do. But, uh, um, for the Ravens, Stanley at six, to Antonio's point, concerns me slightly, just because, you know, he's definitely good, very good, great. But, yeah, when you're, like, The best non-quarterback, non-Aaron Donald in the view of these. uh, And uh, Kevin Seifert, I believe, is the uh, guy who made the pick on behalf of the Chargers. He's been with ESPN, like, forever. Uh, And so, very veteran writer. And, yeah, uh, Stanley being viewed as one of the most valuable players at any position in the NFL. Slight concern uh, contractually, I will say, (laughs) going
3: forward. Just quickly on Stanley before we move on. I think he is, and we've talked about this a number of times, I think the Ravens value that spot. They saw the Jared Gaithers. They saw the Bryant McKinneys. They saw these guys after the J.O. era. They know what they have in Stanley. You know, Ozzie Newsom is still in that building. EDC was, I believe, was in that building when they picked J.O. Or, or obviously was there for most of the reign, if not at in 96 at the start. They know how important that position is, especially when they have the quarterback. That is a position they will pay. They will pay that position over Marlon Humphrey. They will pay that position over Matthew Judon. The only person they will not pay that over is obviously the quarterback in Lamar Jackson. So I, The money is going to be outrageous, but I don't see the Ravens risk losing a generational talent at arguably the second most important position on the field. I will say to your what you just said was
4: when this item got dropped in our rundown, a fear I had, I was like... I think they will, because I think they will pay Stanley, too. And I think it will result in one of my favorite players, Marlon Humphrey, not being a member of the Ravens past, uh, potentially, his rookie contract. And that makes me sad. (laughs) And I don't want to think about it anymore. But luckily, they have a 50-year option on him, so we'll get at least another year out of Marlon. But uh, kick that can down the road. I don't want to think about it.
2: (laughs) We will address that after... The Ravens have a nice Super Bowl to sort of cement this group of core players, and then they'll make the tough decisions after that. All right, listen, that's going to do it in terms of Ravens news. We're going to do the Random Raven with Tim this week, and then after that, hold on to your hats, because we are doing Ravens trivia, kind of like a Jeopardy type thing. I'm not going to read the answer and have them, Jason, Tim, come up with questions, but we are doing 10 trivia questions that I'm going to read out to, uh, to my two co-hosts. But before that, the random raven, Tim, lay it on us, and then we will answer it at the end of the episode. Sure. So I will say
3: I am confident this is the most difficult random raven that I have ever selected. So we oh. will see. Testing right. your knowledge here. Testing your knowledge here. But uh, let's get right into it. Clue number one. This player only played for two teams in his career i will also mention too i was gonna go easier i had a couple of names and then antonio has hit us with some Mollywops over and over again guys who've only played for the team for one year and stuff like that so i figured eh, what the hell i'm gonna go for a more difficult guy but anyway clue number two this offensive player started every game for the ravens during his three seasons in baltimore He was drafted in the third round of the 2008 draft out of Rutgers by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this may help you here, actually. Now that I'm reading these clues again, it might not be that difficult. But here you go. When he was traded to the Baltimore Ravens in 2014, he helped fill a hole on the offense that was previously occupied by Gino Gradkowski. <laughs>
4: <laughs> There's a random raven.
3: <laughs> that, that man started games for the ravens. And clue number five, he wore the same number with the ravens that uh, show favorite Giad Ward now wears for Baltimore. So those are your five clues. I've got a couple bonus things at the end if you really need it, but those are your five clues for the random raven.
4: I think I have it. I have a name. But I'm not 100%. I would
3: raven.
2: give myself about a... Th- confidence level, but I've come up with a human being (laughs) who played for the Ravens, so (laughs) that's great. (laughs) All right, so that's an excellent random Raven. So let's get into this trivia section now. So I'm going to ask Tim and Jace the same questions. I got 10 questions and then a final Jeopardy question 11 that we will get to at the end. We're going to ask all 10 questions first before giving out any of the answers. So I'm giving the listener here... A chance to sort of play against my co-hosts here. So get the pen and paper out, you know, put that phone away for my co-hosts. I want you to minimize all of your, the research, you know, we do diligent, diligent research to, to have these episodes. So I want to make sure all those tabs are minimized because some of these questions are just really right off of the, the Ravens pro football reference page. So I want to make sure that's minimized. And then when you two are ready, I'm going to jump into the questions. We're going to keep track of the points at the end, and then uh, there'll be a little twist with the final Jeopardy question. So if you guys are ready, I'm going to get to question number one here.
3: Real quickly, Antonio, I will just say I am i am not confident in beating <laughs> the encyclopedia
2: that is Jace Evans, but I will give it my most valiant effort. It's, it is one of those things like in golf. I mean, I have played golf, I think, all of three times, but... I understand what a handicap is in golf. So like what is like a like a handicap against Jace? Like in terms of I, I think I'd be like a like a 4 or 5 handicap against Jace in, in yeah. sports statistics. I would
3: say on 10 questions, on 10 questions, I think the handicap is a good solid 7, where I need like a 7 point advantage before we even get into this. But but we'll see. We'll
2: see. Maybe I'll surprise myself. <laughs> Tim's not not giving him enough himself enough credit here but all right let's get let's get to this some of the questions have multiple choice answers the ones that don't in most instances it's basically going to be whoever's closest to the number is going to get the point so let's start with question number one the ravens have played in 384 nfl regular season games in their 25 year history how many of of those games have they won I'm going to give the boys a few seconds here. For the listener, just for some quick, just, you know, a little bit of math here. Uh, say you played, let's say the Ravens averaged 10 wins a season over 25 years. That'd be 250 wins out of 384 games. So just as sort of a a midline there, because the Ravens have been a good team over, over these 25 years. Where do they fit in in terms of, Total wins out of 384 games in 25 years. Whoever is closest in wins, forget the without going over stuff, i that drives me insane. So whoever's closest will get that point. And I'm going to go to question two now. Please make sure your pro football reference pages are minimized <laughs> because, question two, pro football reference attaches approximate value to every player which is a ranking system to put all players on the same scale, regardless of position. Unsurprisingly, Ray Lewis has led the Ravens in approximate value the most number of seasons. In seven seasons, Ray Lewis led the team in approximate value. Which Raven has the second most seasons leading the team in AV, approximate value? So which of these four guys has the second most seasons leading the team is it A CJ Mosley B Ed Reed C Holodi Nata or D Adelius Thomas give a few oh. seconds uh, I will say not everyone on this list actually won it or has that you know, that that note more than once Looking at the list, you would assume all these players have done it at least twice, but that's not actually the case. And only one of them has done it more than that. So we'll see which, which of that do you guys think. So I'm going to go now to question three. How many playoff games have the Ravens lost in their 25-year history? Oh, jeez. Is it A, 8? <laughs> B, 10? C, 12? or d15 jace is looking very uh <laughs> very deep in thought over there it's the you know you got to think about how many times did they go they yeah. won it twice so you can't really include those two playoff seasons in there but if y'all are ready i'm going to move on to question four and please let me know of any uh, thoughts you guys are having. I'm seeing a lot of hands, hands on the face, shoulders slumped. Jace has looked to the left and to the right for answers. The, the four names you gave me for
4: the AV was not who I was thinking the answer would be.
2: So it really threw me same. for a loop. Yeah, same. And the other thing about that who one Who did too, you, and, you guys think? I would no, no,
3: We'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. Oh, who do we think outside of those answers? Sorry,
2: who, uh, who not on the
3: list? For I me, would have was- said... I would have said Jonathan Ogden. I thought it could
4: have been him. The guy I thought was Flacco just because I know A.V. likes Q.B.s. And so I would have just assumed he would have cobbled together some seasons where he landed A.V.
2: (laughs) Jason, I I thought you were a Ravens fan because when you're talking about (laughs) A.V., notice it's four defensive players (laughs) in that choice. There's no offensive guys, really. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Tim, just to sort of offer a little filler here, J.O. has won it, but not enough times to, uh, to sort of claw into this top four, or this list of four, let me say. Uh, all right, so question number four. The Ravens' first season was in 1996, and they finished that year 4-12. and 12. In which year did they have their first winning season? Was it 97 So these are in order A, B, C, and D. Was it 1997, 1998, 1999, or the Super Bowl winning 2000 season? For all you Ted Marchabroda fans out there, (laughs) he was the first coach of the Ravens for, uh, I think, three years before Brian Billick took over. All right, so question five Jamal Lewis is the franchise leader in rushing yards with 7,801. Can you name the next five players oh my gosh. <laughs> on the list of leaders in rushing yards? There's no order. You don't need an order here. And this is also going to be whoever of you two gets the most of these players will get the point here. Who are the next five guys in terms of leading the team in rushing yards for a season after – or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For franchise leader franchise leader in terms of rushing yards after jamal lewis who were players two through six on that list give you guys another second because this is a list of five so let me know when you're uh, ready to go here
3: okay i knew we were doing this quiz and this is one of the things i looked up today so i am pretty confident what i've got
2: see and that's just a lesson for all you students out there is that you got to study for exams okay and then you get paid back when (laughs) the question appears
4: I got three uh, of them. <laughs> then I have two good guesses.
2: <laughs> Question six. Derek Mason. So this, this one, I may not have written this very well, so I may have to explain it a few times, but Derek Mason has three of the top four season total receptions in Ravens franchise history. In three different seasons, Derek Mason is first, second, and fourth for most catches in a season – in the Ravens' franchise history. So as you look at season by season, who who caught the most passes in a season for the Ravens? Derek Mason is there three times in the top four. Which player is third in franchise history for most catches in a season? Is it A, Dennis Pitta? B, Steve Smith? C, Ray Rice? D, Anquan so strong, bold.
3: Pitta I mean, is very interesting there. Pitta is—I will just—I didn't even think of him at first. He's very interesting there.
2: Tim, trying to get uh, a poker face read out of me here as we uh, do this over the video chat. I feel like a question doing so seven bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jace isn't feeling good end with that seven handicap. He's really gotta gotta make some moves here <laughs> if he doesn't like the first few questions. Uh, yeah. For question seven, the Ravens have always been wide receiver challenged. In how many seasons has a tight end led the team in receiving yards? One season, two seasons, three seasons, or five? So for A, B, C, and D, it's one, (laughs) two, three, or five. And I know neither of you is positive that five isn't the right answer.
1: Because the the Ravens
2: have not had a lot of very, very good wide receivers for a long period of time. And this is yards, right? This is receiving yards, yes. And I may need to make sure that I uh, got that one right as as we're going through the answers here, but, yeah.
3: (laughs) Spoiler alert, and I'll just say it now. I'm confident that it's five, just because the receivers have been so, so bad, but I could be wrong.
2: (laughs) I was going to offer, like, a, a bonus question here, if you could name... The the tight ends, but that will we'll, maybe I'll just address that as we read through the, the <laughs> to answer. So.
4: Five times. <laughs> for,
2: <laughs> for question eight, in the Ravens' twenty five seasons, how many of them ended with a winning record? Ten seasons for A, fourteen seasons for B, sixteen seasons for C, or eighteen seasons for D. How many times did they have a winning record? And for those of you who are math challenged, 8-8 eight and eight is not considered a winning record. So, Jace is getting more and more stressed. Yeah. Just the hair is a mess now. <laughs> it's all over the place. This will just be my day now. It'll just look like this. Question 9. How many Ravens have made at least one first team All-Pro selection? This was one of the questions I sort of enjoyed the most. Second team... I don't care. We're not looking at that. How many Ravens have made at least one first-team All-Pro selection? Is it 12, 16, 21, or 30? And we're, these are just individual players. So so individual like players.
4: Ray Lewis would count for one.
2: He is one Raven who has made at least... You know,
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Little... Uh, No, he's done it a few times. Six or seven, I think. (laughs) Uh,
2: And that leads, Jace, it's a great question because it leads right into question 10. Seven Ravens players have made first team All-Pro more than once. Can you name all seven? Whoever gets the most guys out of the seven will get the point on this one. Seven dudes, first team All-Pro more than one time. I'll give them a few seconds for this some surprising ravens as one time selections uh, a little spoiler alert there's a surprising guy in that seven who got it more than once uh, does,
3: let me ask you does this mean they had to get them with the ravens or yes, was sir. it okay
2: yeah in a raven that's actually again I hope I don't get uh hammered by uh, you know facts as we go through this and I, I didn't miss uh, miswrite this but I'm pretty sure they would have compiled it uh, as Raven as a Raven player only but all right so let's get through these top 10 first and then we'll uh, address final jeopardy after that so if you guys are ready I'm gonna ask my co-hosts to keep track of their own score here on the honor system uh, and if the listener sort of figures out somehow that they are cheating the score. You guys let us know. You respond. You email us. You tweet at us. You tweet at them directly and uh, and just firebomb them with uh, the fact that they miscounted. So let's start with question number one. Boys, how many games have the Ravens won out of 384 in their 25-year history? So I'll go first here real quick, Jace. You giving out the fact, the, the math for the
3: listeners, that, what, 250 would be 10 wins a season? Actually helped me a lot because I'm terrible at math. That makes a lot of sense. So I I had a number, and this, this is going to happen a couple of times in this. I went against my gut, which I don't think is the right thing. So I ended up on 239, which could be low. I think it might be too low, but I went 239.
4: Oh, I went lower than that. I, <laughs> I feel like I did the opposite because I'm also bad at math. And when Antonio did the math, I was like
2: lowered it. I went with 207. Tim, your guess was pretty good. Jace, this is maybe we shouldn't have done this game. Jace is seven wins off. It is 214 franchise wins. Uh, pretty, Pretty good there, Jace. Pretty good. You're off by like... A few gross Thursday night games <laughs> that you thought were <laughs> were losses, but may have actually ended up being. being yeah, wins. when we beat the Browns sixteen to nothing on Monday Night Football, doesn't feel like a win, but <laughs> it counts. For question two, uh, pro ref- pro football reference attaches approximate value to every player. Ray Lewis has led the Ravens in AV seven different seasons. Which Raven has the second most seasons, leading the team in AV? C.J. Mosley, Ed Reed, Heltonada, Adelius Thomas. Guys, thoughts? I went with
4: Halodinata. Um I he had a good run there for a while. Where and I may have just tricked myself into uh, the test taking of Ed Reed is the too obvious choice. Uh, so I went with Heltonada
3: yeah so we talked about it before uh, I thought J.O. was the first J.O. and another person was the first two that came to my mind and then I was trying to think of somebody that wasn't in the shadow of Ray Lewis you know because he took a lot of those awards from other people maybe but then I just it's too good to be true he, he won defensive player of the year um, he had another couple of years where he was just absolutely
2: magnificent so I went Ed Reed just trying to go the simple answer so, Jonathan Ogden did win it once uh, in 1997, but then never again. Adelius Thomas won it twice, which I was, that, that got him in that list of names, but I didn't really think. Ed Reed, I would have guessed Ed Reed, Tim, to be honest. He only has it one time, somehow. Seems uh, And it's Haloti Nada with three, he's a three-time uh, Ravens AV leader.
4: Did not expect uh, so, that. <laughs>
2: So Jace is going to get that. C.J. Mosley also won it twice in 2017 and 2018, but it's Helodinato with three. For question three, how many playoff games have the Ravens lost in their 25-year history? Is it eight, 10, 12, or 15? I was going
3: either 10 or 12, and the pessimist did me. I just went 12, because I'm sure there's some that I've completely blacked out of my memory that will only be, well, I will only find them out when, I don't know, Jace decides to bring up that stupid Bengals game again, and it just triggers the the worst memories for me. So I just I feel like there's some in the back of my head that I just will never remember until a traumatic event triggers them, so I'm going to go with 12. I actually went lower. I said 8, just because when you said we won the Super Bowl twice, I was like, oh yeah, so that
4: doesn't count as (laughs) as losing a game in the playoffs. So I said 8.
2: Jace with the philosophical approach to uh, how to come up with this answer. Tim, if, if you had to go with, what was your gut guess for 10 and 12? Was it you thought 12 and then maybe 10, or you thought 10 and then maybe 12?
3: No, I thought 12 first, and then I decided to stick with that. I actually have it written here, 12 or 10, and then I scratched
2: 10 out, so I went 12. I, I don't want to set you up in a negative way here, but it is 10. Fair. The Ravens have lost 10 playoff games. Sort of makes – Tim, it sort of fits that you would go something higher. Uh, you've been scarred uh, a few times. And oh, those yeah. Scars, those scars don't fade, you know. But it is 10. I believe, if I remember, they're 15 and 10 uh, in terms of playoff wins and losses, which pretty
3: good. Antonio, you know what they say. The first 10 are the
2: deepest. <laughs> I remember remember that song like it was yesterday. All right. Uh, number four. The Ravens' first season was in 1996, where they went 4-12. and 12. In which year do they have their first winning season? Is it 1997, 1998, 1999, or Super Bowl year 2000? Jace, uh, thoughts on this one? I went with
4: 2000 because I believe they went 599. So I went with 2000.
3: Tim? See, now I'm thrown off. I'll stick with what I have here. I, I will respect the honor system here, but now I'm... I'm now thrown off because they picked Jamal Lewis, like, fifth overall. I have 1999. I wrote 1999 down. You said Marjorie Broda was there for three years. I had this down beforehand, and that kind of helped me reaffirm that, that, oh, maybe Billick was there in 99. They had a winning season, then in 2000 they won it. I guess the the Jamal Lewis pick was a trade of some sort, it had to be, because he was top five. I forget how they got him, but I think it might have been. Yeah, Yeah, which that threw me off, but I went – Cause I just didn't think it could be 2000. And then when you said the March of Broda thing, it really solidified that, that maybe he got fired in the 1999, they, they went nine and seven, but they could have gone eight and eight. Cause that's not a winning season, but yeah, long story short, I went 99.
2: Tim, you're uh, like half an inch away uh, on all these. The answer is 2000, which I also would not have thought that their first winning season was also the year that they won like 10 games in a row and won a Super Bowl. They did go 8 and 8 in 1999 with Brian Billick in his first season with the team. March I of went Gros to one of those games. Oh, here you go. Yeah, a, of... a thrilling
4: 13 to 10 Bills come from behind win over our Ravens uh where Tony Banks and Doug Flutie combined to throw for under 300 yards. <laughs> so, very exciting game.
2: Uh, Ted Marchabrota, those three first seasons as the Ravens' inaugural coach, 4-12, 6-9-1 and, 12, six, nine, and one, with a tie, and then 6-10. <laughs> and 10, And then he made way for, for Brian Billick, who had certainly a lot more success. For question five, Jamal Lewis is the franchise leader in rushing yards with 7,801. Can you name the next five players on the list of leaders in rushing yards? Whoever gets the most players correct here will get this point. Spoiler alert, there's a shocking name on this list that makes no sense for a few different reasons. Um, uh, so I don't remember who won. Tim, why don't you uh, run through the, the five that you came up with, and I will so try to check them off as we go through here. If I think I got this list right, Ray Rice,
3: Willis McGahee, Lamar Jackson, who was up there, uh, who else do I have here, Priest Holmes, and
2: Justin Forsett who made a Pro Bowl with the Ravens. Tim Horsey putting pressure on Jace Evans here by getting five out of five. Oh, Lamar boy. Jackson has played one and a half seasons. He's a quarterback and is sixth. <laughs> <laughs> he is See? sixth all time in rushing yards for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh boy. Jason, did you come up with those same five? So I have, have different three name?
4: of them. I outthought myself. I have Lamar written down because I was like, he's rushed for a lot of yards in two years <laughs> at 1,200 last year. But I was like, Ah, surely an actual running back, so I deleted his name for an incorrect name. The names I had, uh, Ray Rice, Priest Holmes, Willis McGahee, and then the ones I had were Leron McClain, and then I replaced Lamar with Chester Taylor, because I thought he was around several years, and just being by virtue of being a running back and on the team for more than two seasons. I assumed he had to have rushed for more than, you know, whatever Lamar's at like 1800 yards or something, but uh no, apparently not. So I, that was a mistake on
2: my end. So Tim beats me five to th- uh, three, I guess on this one. <laughs> Tim, unfortunately that's one point for that. We're not doing five points for, for this, <laughs> for this question for number six. Derek Mason has three of the top four season total receptions in Ravens franchise history. He's first, first, second, and fourth in terms of most catches in a season. Which player is third in franchise history for most catches in a specific season? Is it Dennis Pitta, Steve Smith, Ray Rice, and Quan Bolden? I know the answer to this, and I still want to just sort of scream out one of these names, and I'd be wrong, and I'll, I'll say that in a second. So, uh, Jace, who did you have for uh, the guy who's up there with Derek Mason?
4: I went with Ray Rice just because I feel like Flacco checked the ball down to him so much that it just had to have accumulated. I remember he had some season of, like, 60-some catches or something. Uh and I know that's not a lot, but I just thought there was a year, probably 09, maybe 2010, where he just got the ball over and over on these stupid dump-offs, and that counts for reception. So I picked Ray Rice. I'm not very confident in it, though.
3: Yeah, and admittedly, if I could, uh, I would change my answer, but I'm not going to. Um, I, I put Anquan Bolden. I now seem to remember that there was some Dennis Pitta year where he just went off. And like, again, it was, it wasn't the dump off, but it was the five yard hook. And it was, it was, we needed, it was third and eight and they'd throw it to him for six and a half over and over and over again. (laughs) So my answer is Bolden, but my gut would say, not that this means anything, but my gut would say Pitta.
2: Tim Horsey learning the game of got to go with your gut, man. And you even mentioned Dennis Pitta as we went through the question. It is Pitta. That's With insane. 86 receptions in 2016, I would have just screamed Ray Rice into the microphone as loud as I could here, but he's actually not. He's sixth on the list, Jace. He had 78 receptions in 2009, but it is Dennis Pitta. Wow, well, uh, and you to, you said 2016, and I was
4: like, I don't even remember Dennis Pitta still being on the team in 2016. So this was like hip comeback number one Dennis Pitta and he is one of the top four all-time Ravens reception leaders. <laughs> That's mild concern, I guess. Um, just on Derek Mason real quick, because I actually did look this up uh, a few days ago, back for some reason. Uh Well, one of my coworkers has put together a thing that was like Raven or uh, all-time leading receiver, receiving yards by team, uh, just to have uh, on our website. And, uh, he he mentioned, Do you know who it is? And I was like, I think it's Derek Mason <laughs> and that led me to looking up Mason's stats. No recollection of his hundred and three catch uh two thousand and seven season. Uh I do I remember Derek Mason being good. I don't remember any Ravens receiver ever having hundred receptions. I assume that's the all time record to this day for the Ravens, if I had to it guess. Is. But. <laughs> it is. I'm going to
2: save my Derek Mason spiel for the, like, what would normally be the final Jeopardy, like, song, while you guys are <laughs> writing down the answer to that question, because it may take you a little bit of time. But yes, Jace, 2007, with 103 receptions. <laughs> that wasn't even, that was like a pre-Joe Flacco, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's so a I'd Kyle to Bowler, too, Pretty sure <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on here, though, uh, for question number seven. The Ravens. Uh, have always been wide receiver challenged in how many seasons has a tight end led the team in receiving yards one season two seasons three seasons or five uh i don't remember who went first uh, This whoever went first last time the other person answered this one <laughs> uh so i went with three i just played the Five
4: seemed too obvious. I played the the, the classic multiple choice game. Uh, We've taken the
2: SAT. Yeah,
4: uh, five five was so obvious, and that you skipped four made me think the answer had to be three. So I went with three. Mind the games. fact
2: the
3: fact that he skipped four made me think it was definitely five. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going with five.
2: Uh, well, I guess there's something psychological here about me skipping four, but the answer is three in three seasons. And it's uh, maybe what would have been the sort of the fun bonus part here. It's three different tight ends, by the way. Oh, boy. Todd Heap once, Mark Andrews last season, and the Hall of Famer, Shannon Sharp, also led the team in receiving yards. I'm going to try to pull it up here quickly. Uh, It may have been one one of the March of Broda years. No, it's the Super Bowl season. In 2000, Shannon Sharp, with 810 receiving yards, led the team. Um, (laughs) Super Bowl champs. (laughs) Yeah. So question number eight. In the Ravens' 25 seasons, how many of them ended with a winning record? 10, 14, 16, or 18? Tim.
3: Yeah. I had had one or the other, so what I've learned here is just go with your gut, you idiot. So I'm going to go 14.
4: I also said 14, actually, and I think mainly because uh, I just feel like they've gone 8-8 eight and eight a whole bunch of times <laughs> um, to make non-winning or losing seasons, so I went with uh, 14.
2: Tim going with his gut. I love it. It is 14. That's a point for both of you. A lot of 8-8s eight in there. Uh, you are right about that. Uh, for question 9, how many Ravens have made at least one first team? We don't talk about second team here. First team, all pro selection. How many guys? Is it 12, 16, 21, or 30? I went with 12 just because 12
4: and 25 years individuals it seems like a lot, especially for our next question, a lot of guys doubling up. Uh, so I went with 12 individual guys. Although that might be too low because they had a ton just this past season. So, but I went with 12.
3: Right. Th- this last season factored in for me too. Um, I- again, Again, I was – going
2: between two different
3: numbers, but I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to say 16 is is what I think it is.
2: See, now this I'm a little disappointed in you guys. Not enough love for the Ravens. It's 21 dudes. That was (laughs) the other one I had. That was the other one. Man. Have made first team. I'm not going to run through the entire list here because that may impact question 10. But there are some random guys. I don't even want to – I guess I won't really give this away too much – Billy Cundiff is on here as a first team All Pro in 2010, so uh, you live you live, and you learn. But anyway, question 10 Seven Ravens players have made the first team All Pro more than once. Can you name all seven? Again, who gets the more of these players will get the point here. Seven guys have made the Pro Bowl, I'm sorry, the uh, first team All Pro more than once. Can you name all seven? All right, I'm going to go
3: – I'll go – I have Ray Lewis, Marshall Yonda, oh. Justin Tucker, Ed Reed, Haloti Nada, Terrell Suggs, and the one I'm the least confident in, I went Matt Stover. But I don't, I don't love that one. There's an alternate I have, but I'm not going to say it now because obviously Jace has to go.
2: But. So it's a pretty good list. You do not have all seven, however. So let's see. I'm going to let Jace go here first.
4: Well, I definitely don't have all seven because I missed a very obvious name. And uh, Tim, when you're editing, uh, no, but Tim, when you're editing this, make sure I didn't cuss inadvertently just there. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I went Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Jonathan Ogden. Uh, I said hello to Nana. I believe he made it twice. Uh, Justin Tucker, I know has made it multiple times. And then I went Terrell Suggs. Completely whiffed on Marshall Yonda
3: was Sam Cook instead, so... Um, and I, I whiffed on Jonathan Ogden. I'm looking
2: at this list right here. I didn't put him down. Oh. So, uh, I think I've tallied the... I believe you two tied. You each have five guys. <laughs> Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, uh, Haloti Nata, You guys, both of you said those guys. Uh, Jonathan Ogden, Justin Tucker... Marshall Yanda, so I think you guys sorta split those two, uh, those those names a little bit. And then t- I'm gonna be honest, Tim, I sorta threw this question in here because th- this was a special name that I thought oh, you were really gonna no. enjoy. Oh, is it Vonte? It is Vontae Leach, is a two-time first team all pro <laughs> in two thousand eleven. No uh, two thousand twelve. Uh. And I maybe it was unfair of <laughs> me to, to set him up like this, I'm but... so sorry, Vante. Yeah, and actually he has another one, now that I pull him up. He has a third one with Houston. Uh, I'm not sure if that's first team or second team. I think it's first team. It's got to be. So three seasons in a row, Vontalic, uh was an all-pro player. So that is a, a, no, uh, a no score for the two of you on that one. So so can so you – uh it was Suggs only one time? All-pro, first team? Let me is that Terrell Suggs, one time in wow. his dominant 2011 season, when that's he also, I believe that was the season he won Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, yeah, right. And then, so
4: I, Tim missed Ogden, but then I whiffed on Yanda, <laughs> so that's a watch.
3: <laughs> so the alternate, I had an alternate, I had Ben Grubbs, because he was good. very, very good for a while. I don't know if he's on that list at all, but um, that, that was the other guy that I kind of picked there but i went with stover instead although i wasn't super confident because i missed jonathan freaking ogden oh. <laughs> well
4: my my blind spot for any history thing is always the thing that happened most recently so i feel like anything that happened last season i'm like just not thinking of because i'm like oh, that just happened and <laughs> it doesn't count in this list <laughs>
2: uh ben grubbs did not uh but mm. matt stover did did win it one one time uh all right so we're gonna do uh our final Jeopardy here. I'm just queuing up my Derek Mason page so I can read through it while you guys answer. So for final Jeopardy, actually, before we do that, can we read off the scores? How many points uh, have you guys gotten so far?
4: Yes, I have one, two, three, four, five points.
3: Oh, here, let me count. I have one, two. That's it. I have two.
2: It's listen. It's a it's a game. Uh, you each have enough points to wager which is what we're going to do here with with Final Jeopardy, which is just going to be talking about mind games. So the way I think – this is going to be a list of names, uh, and the way I've thought to handle this and just yell at me if you think this is ridiculous, uh, I'm going to give you the the clue now is that the question will be about Ravens wide receivers. I think you figured that out because Derek Mason is going to be mentioned here. So I think you should be able to wager uh, as much as you currently have in points – you will then have to name off a list of players. And for every player you get right, you will get a point here. However, as soon as you name a player incorrectly, you will be deducted your wager amount. So, Tim, you could, you could wager two, but then name ten dudes and get ten points if you get all ten of them correctly. But if you, let's say, you answered five of them right, and then you get six wrong... You'll get three points because you wagered two. You'll be deducted your wager amount. Just a way to try to provide as much variance here as possible with points. I think it'll become clear as we get in it. So let's hear your guys' wagers. How much are you willing to risk of your your scores before we get to the question?
4: I'll throw
3: three points out there.
2: (laughs) Uh, I will admit I'm not completely clear on these uh, rules, so I'll just go two. We're going to go through a list... names, Tim, and as you have confidence answering, like you know that guy's on the list, you're going to name him, and if you get it right, you'll get a point, but up to a point, once you start getting like, oh, I'm not sure anymore, you can stop, I should should mention that, if you want to stop at a certain point, let's say you mention five guys that you know are on this top ten list, you can stop, and then you won't have any deductions, however, you can keep going, but as soon as you get one wrong, your wager amount is going to deduct you some points, so you're sticking with two, Tim. Yeah, I'll stick with two. All right, let me make that mark that down. Listener, I'm, I'm dying to know how much you're going to wager here. All right, here's <laughs> final Jeopardy. We all know, especially Jace, that Derek Mason is the Ravens' career receiving yards lead- leader. How many others can you list of top all-time receiving yards with the Ravens? For each player that you name in the top – I guess we'll say the top 11 because we won't include Derek Mason. For each player you name, you will get a point. But as soon as you name somebody outside of the top 11, your scoring ends and you will be deducted your wager amount. So obviously put the names you are most confident with first. If you aren't sure at a certain point, feel free to, you know, you can stop there and you won't have any uh, any deductions to your final score. So I'm going to give you a few seconds here to write this list down. And I'm going to tell the listener about Derek Mason. Uh, this guy has 12,000 career receiving yards. Basically, had an entire career in Tennessee. He played one, two, three, four, nine seasons. No, I'm sorry, eight seasons in Tennessee. Had 6,000 receiving yards. At this point, he's 30 years old. What many would say, washed for a wide receiver, and then he goes to the Ravens. Ends up playing an entire second career, basically. Pays, plays six years in Baltimore. Does not miss a game in those six seasons as a 31 through 36-year-old wide receiver. Provided so much stability to a franchise who had had just the Ron Johnsons, the Patrick Johnsons. I don't even know if those two dudes are on the top ten list. I, I, I was don't to say, think are they, they are. on the list? <laughs> I don't actually know, but something tells me they're not. Uh, Just they had so many mistake wide receiver selections, and then Derek Mason just sort of came in, became wide receiver one on day one, and ends up playing six seasons um, with a variety of Ravens quarterbacks. Ends his career in 2011, uh, splitting the season between the Houston Texans and the New York Jets, and then retires fascinating dude. I I don't know how many guys in the league have had basically second whole careers after the age of 30 with another franchise. But that was Derek Mason, Ravens franchise leader in receiving yards. And with that, I'm going to turn to my guys here. And I don't know who should go first here. I suppose Tim should go first. In Jeopardy, they go with the lower score right first, and then they go to the big score. So, Tim, why don't we start with you? And I gotta pull up the list here. Probably could have done that while talking. Okay, yeah, I have it safe. So I have the list, and as you name players, I'm gonna start checking them off, and then let me know, Tim, when you're no longer confident, when you're ready to stop, uh, we'll uh, we'll end the scoring there. So you're current. So to at-
3: clear, so to clarify, yeah. because I risk two points, if I get one guy right, that's another two, so I'd have a total of four.
2: No, 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 sorry. The wagering is just as a penalty for once you get a player wrong. So you have two points right now. If you name five guys and then you stop, That'll you'll have eight. seven points. Your your game will end with oh, seven right, points. right. Okay. Um, if you keep going, let's say you got two points, you name five dudes, then you get the sixth one wrong, you would get five points minus your wager. You would get three points, so you would have two plus three, and you would end the game with five points. So it's all about oh, sort of man. confidence. And,
0: well, I
3: should uh, have wagered zero points then. That would have been fine. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to start with Anquan Bolden.
2: That is correct. I will go with Todd Heap. He's in there. He's he's second on the list after Derek yeah. Mason. So okay, I'll take a little Dennis Pitta. Tim Horsey. Dennis Pitta is 12th on the list of all-time guys. I have a million names after that that 12. I probably should have said. That. Uh, so on for, on for, we can keep – well, I guess we'll, uh, we'll turn to Jace here. That's – unfortunately, that's two right minus your wager. So you're going to stay for the game at two points. We'll see if Jace also maybe put Dennis Pitta and got well, himself into, into some trouble here.
3: I was say uh, that. So, Jace.
2: Also, honor code. Please read the the same list you were going to read uh, previously.
4: Uh, uh, okay, I had some. I so Pitta wasn't my question marks, but uh, the ones I'll I'll start with the ones I think I know for sure and was very confident I was going to say. So I had Todd Heap, uh, Tory Smith. Um, He's
2: third on the list.
4: Yeah, A- Anquan Bolden, uh, Mark Clayton. I assumed he was just around long enough he had to
2: get in there. Mark Clayton is fourth all fourth, time yeah. oh, in receiving yards, and that shouldn't be the case on any franchise. But uh, uh, continues. Mike Wallace, <laughs> is he at the top, Dad? So there's there's your X because oh, Mike no. Wallace is Mike Wallace is 14th. Oh no! And this is going to make things interesting because you lose three yeah. points. You guessed four correctly, minus three, so you get one extra point. So you finish with six. Uh, on the final score six to two. For Jace Evans, Uh, I'm kind of surprised that neither of you leapt at this name just because Joe Flacco. Ray Rice is fifth in receiving yards in franchise history. He never would have made my list. (laughs) He's on on my list. He's uh, on here. I just didn't get to him. So to go through it, Derek Mason, Todd Heap, Torrey Smith, Mark Clayton, Ray Rice, Kadri Ismael. He was on He's my on list. He's on my list, too. too. Yeah. sixth. Travis Taylor.
4: He's on my list, too. He was also on my list. I was going to say, the, even though Taylor and Mark Clayton both kind of viewed as busts, they're still amongst the
2: best receivers the Ravens have had. <laughs> Eighth is Anquan Bolden. Ninth is a guy, I almost don't want to say this name because it'd be the most random of all the random Ravens, but none of us would ever get this. Uh, a guy named Michael Jackson played for the Ravens. From 1996 to 1998, in his ninth all-time, he had a 1,200-yard receiving season. I had him actually on it by question
4: marks, because I knew him, and I don't know if he's on the list, but Derek Alexander, in the seasons with Vinny Testaverde, were amongst the best wide receiver duo in the NFL for about two years, which is hard to believe. They were very productive, I believe. One of them, Jackson or Alexander, I think led the NFL in touchdown receptions one of those years, but uh, yeah, so I did have Jackson um, on my list as a question mark. I just wasn't
2: confident he was in the top 10, but I knew he had some productive seasons in the early goings of the franchise. He is ninth. Uh 10th is Steve Smith getting in there, ah. top 10, and then eleven, as Jay as you mentioned, is Derek Alexander playing two seasons. <laughs> With the Ravens, is 11th all time in receiving yards with 2,108. So that's the that's the list. We need some guys to come yeah. up. Prochet, I'm looking at you. Hollywood, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Duvernay, I'm looking at you too. <laughs> come on guys. He just need a few productive Wasn't Mike seasons Wallace on the you... team
4: for like three years. I thought for sure he would have had to... He was like our number one receiver for like three years.
2: Mike Wallace, two seasons. <laughs> two so that's seasons, what I okay. guess got you there, yeah. Jason. He's 14th on the list. Right, so that's right. going to do it. Um, <laughs> wow. A young franchise with some success and then a lot of mediocrity in other areas of, of their franchise. But Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it for the listener let us know how many you got right which ones tripped you up please let me know if i did something wrong in terms of the calculations if if you feel like it but that's going to do it for that and the last thing for now to uh to close up here is the random raven so tim i'll turn to you to give us those clues one more time
3: yeah it feels better to be on this side of it uh so clue number one this player only played for two teams in his career clue number two this offensive player started every game for the Ravens during his three seasons in Baltimore. He was drafted in the third round of the 2008 NFL draft out of Rutgers by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, when he was traded to the Ravens in 2014, he helped fill a hole in the offense that was previously occupied by Gino Gradkowski, which should be your giveaway here if you know that guy. Um, and he wore the same number with the Ravens that now show favorite Giad Ward wears. Um, so if you guys have it, great. If not, I do have another little bonus
2: clue um, if you need it. But if you don't... I, I'm i between two names. Uh, Jace, I don't know how sure you... I'll take a stab here since I haven't sort of been the victim of having to uh, <laughs> to sort of stick my neck out. But, uh, oh, man. I Because I'm going to predict what your next clue is, or what that little last clue was going to be, is that he was drafted by Tampa Bay, goes to the Ravens, and then goes back to Tampa Bay? <laughs> and if that's the case, you don't have to, because you know, I'm just guessing here. I'm going to say it's Ryan Jensen, and, and I don't know. I was going to go with another guy, and then I guess this is a lesson in not going with your gut. I switched over to Ryan Jensen, and that's that's my name.
3: Go ahead, Jace, because so, it is not Ryan Jensen. Yeah,
2: oh, I believe
4: it is Jeremy Zuta. Zuta. Jeremy
3: Zutta is correct. <laughs> he was the center that uh it was it was Matt Burke who won the Super Bowl Gino Gradkowski for a little bit who wasn't good enough and then they traded for zuta and I remember being way too excited about them trading for a center <laughs> and he was pretty good, pretty good for the Ravens, and then kind of he bounced around a few mini camp rosters training camp rosters after that but it was that was pretty much the yeah, end I, b- I believe
4: Jensen replaced him pretty much right Tim i think. I think you're right yeah 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 uh and uh, Jensen, I believe, was a Ravens draft pick from Colorado State Pueblo. I just remember that sticking of in my head because uh, that was like the weirdest school I think the Ravens have ever drafted someone from. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jeremy Zuda was pretty solid for a good while uh, there, uh,
2: th- starter for three seasons. So centers, you need them. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll just admit that that was. Not the other name I was going between, so I uh, <laughs> gut or no gut, I was not going to get that one right. So, all right, guys, uh, if you don't have any other uh, comments or things to go over this week, the last thing I'll say is with us entering the summer months and just Raven stuff and NFL stuff really slowing down until about, let's say, late July into August, and who knows with the coronavirus, we're going to start just doing every other week here with our episodes, um, try to bring you some fun stuff when we do meet uh, – two weeks from now let us know if you liked the the trivia aspect of this if it was too long if it was too short if we're gonna do just a a three hour ravens trivia block instead of a podcast let us know uh and maybe we'll bring uh some questions back in in other episodes so for tim horsey and jace evans i am antonio barbera let us know if you beat my, my my boys scores in trivia and we will see you in two weeks